Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. I've been I've been talking recently on the topic of your divine nature in Christ. All right, and I just I just feel like God's not done with this. How many of you guys are finding yourself encouraged when you hear who God knows that you are that's better than what you feel like you are? Amen? And I'll tell you, I've got, I've got notes and notes and notes and notes of things that I want to be preaching to you guys. I've got series. I've got different topics. All these different things that are kingdom realities that we need to live from. And I need, I feel like, I feel like God needs to get this stuff in all of us more and deeper. But right now, uh, I was not even planning on focusing on the divine nature and identity topic. But when I touched on it, I felt like the Lord was saying, we, we need to focus on this for a while. We, we need to get a refreshing of an understanding and even some of you probably have heard these things and dove into these things and and had seasons where it was powerful but even if it seems like like repeat information we need to get out of the mindset that we always need new information all the time we need to get renewed it's not information it should be impartation amen and so we, we need to continually to get renewed, renewed. It means do it again, get, get new all over again, all right? And so you, you can't get enough of the identity conversation. I, I don't remember if it was said through this microphone in a prayer this morning. I heard somebody say, it might have been you, I, I can't remember who it was, but, uh, but said that um, the identity revelation is a progressive revelation. It doesn't matter how much you thought you knew of it. You might be in kindergarten compared to where God's trying to take you to. Amen? And me too. I'm not, when I say you, I mean us. All right. I was, I was just thinking about a, a funny scenario. Uh, this was about maybe a little over a year ago. We were um, having our kids get swimming lessons. And my son, who you probably saw running around up here this morning, he's, he's seven and a half right now, and my daughter is getting ready to turn five, Livy, David and Livy. And, uh, but it was probably about a year ago, they were getting swim lessons, maybe a little before that. Actually, it was right before COVID started. Um, and, and Livy, who she, she likes getting in the water, but she was afraid to like take the plunge or like do the, do the daring things and like to jump in and let the water go over your head is a pretty scary thing. And uh, so Jessica was taking them every week to swimming lessons. Um, and and I, I knew that she was having trouble like getting that breakthrough for the next thing she was supposed to do. And so that next week I came with them and uh, I, I, before, before it was their time to get called into that other room where we get to watch them through a window, um, I just looked at Livy and I held her and I was, I was just telling her, Livy, I'm, I'm so proud of you that you're doing this. And I, and I told her, you can do it. And they're, they're going to ask you to do the thing that might be a little scary, but you can do it. And, and it's not scary. It doesn't have to be scary for you. And I was declaring over, Jessica was too, 
you're a good swimmer, Livy. You're a good swimmer. And just trying to speak that confidence into her. Well, she wasn't a good swimmer yet. She couldn't swim yet, but you're a good swimmer. And, and just speaking into her something that she wasn't experiencing yet. And I remember when she was, in the, she was on the other side of the pool and on the ledge, and the instructor had about three kids there. And, and the instructor wanted to get her, her next breakthrough was, would be to slide off the edge and dip down like underwater and go down. And she knew that she needed to do it. She didn't do it the last time. But she looked up at me, and she saw me standing there cheering her on. And I saw like this, this um, I don't want to say pride, but a confidence just swell up within her. And she just jumped right in, and it was like it was nothing. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. And, uh, but, but how many of you know that sometimes when somebody that you really look up to, if they, if they speak into you, you've got this on something that you've never had before, that it does something in you that makes you feel courage, that, that says, maybe I can do something that I was afraid to do before. Amen? We were on our vacation um, just a few weeks ago, North Carolina, and, and our, the place that we were staying was one beach away from Carolina Beach. And Carolina Beach is a cool place at nighttime. They've got, they've got like fair rides and stuff, you know, the, the kind of rides that you're kind of afraid to spend $20 for, a tw- for 10 seconds because you, you know that somebody probably built that thing in 20 minutes drunk. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Those kind of deals. But it's kind of like a, you're working your own faith that God's going to protect me. It's going to be, uh, it's more, I'm more focused on God protecting me than the fun I'm trying to have. You know what I mean? And so David, he's, he hasn't really experienced a lot of the bigger kind of rides yet. And they had this ship. It's kind of like that Viking ship that they have at Kings Island. It goes like that. It's a big ship. It's about a third the size of the one at King's Island, but it's still cool. And so David, and, and actually his uncle and aunt and his cousins showed up and, and spent a night with us. So they were at the fair with us. Um, and he wanted, they all wanted to ride that thing. It only cost me about $30, but hey, it was a good, experience, a good one-time experience. Um, we only let them ride one ride. That was about the price of our whole family going to Disney World, but hey. Um, <laughs> But, but anyway, my, or my brother-in-law, his uncle, Josh, um, was going to ride with them. And David, this was a new thing for him. And I, I didn't feel comfortable with him doing it without an adult. But Josh was going to go. So, hey, I saved myself $20 by letting him go instead. So it was good. <laughs> but I got to sit there and watch. And, and David sat right next to his uncle Josh. And his uncle Josh has been in the military for... I don't know. I think he's, he's only a couple years away from being able to retire, I think, actually. Uh, but he's going to keep going. But he, he's, um, he's with the, I forgot which one it is. I think it's called the 81st Airborne or one of those Airbornes is kind of the big deal, right? And he's a paratrooper. And so he's paratrooped probably or parachuted probably 100 times. And, and so, and Josh, when he first started, he was scared to death to do it because he was afraid of heights. But it's cool because he actually, he actually joined that division knowing he's afraid of heights, 
There was a lot of good reasons, a lot of perks for it, but the main reason was he wanted to conquer his fear. And he knew that if they're going to force him to jump out of that, he can't stay fearful for too long. <laughs> He's screwed, right? <clears throat> anyway, David looks up to Uncle Josh, and, and Josh is a cool dude, and he gave him a, he gave him a true military bullet. Um, it doesn't have powder in it, but just kind of a cool thing. Um, he's sitting next to Josh, and his cousins are next to him, a little older. They're, they're daredevils, and they're afraid of nothing. So he's between all this courage, right? And so that thing starts going, and I was sitting there at a table just watching him. I could see him like this, like this. He's like, but, but he's, trying to for, he's trying to force a smile like this. And you see that thing keep going up, and he's like, Look at this. <laughs> and after a while, after it started going really good, I started I saw him go like this. <laughs> and it was amazing because he's like trying he was getting a breakthrough, right? He was pushing himself into a breakthrough, even though he's afraid, but he was pushing into it. And and his uncle Josh was sitting there just laughing and like, David, you got this, we're safe, and it's gonna be fun. And why don't you are you ready to try lifting your hands? He's like like that, that's when you, but at about halfway through the ride, you see that the tension start melting and it turned into like genuine, like amazement. Like he absolutely loved it by the time he got off of it. Like he, he, he became a, a Viking captain. All right. <clears throat> it was amazing to see that. But it was awesome because Josh, Uncle Josh, knew, he, he knows, and we know, that if he just pushes into it and lets go, that he's going to actually have the right of his life, right? And so courage was tapped into, and it came forth. And, and he entered into something that was already in there that he was afraid to touch in his heart, but, but it, it got drawn to the surface, right? The, the, the nature, the, the nature of courage that's in him came forth, and he found a new, a new place of freedom. Awesome. Wish I could take him to King's Island next week. I'd take him on the big one. And so, you know, just the, just the declaration, you're brave. You're brave. And, and David, I don't know if you knew this or not, but David is a ninja warrior. He is. He's a ninja warrior. And uh, <clears throat> I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble later for telling you this. That's always a scary thing for me to preface with that. You're brave. I am brave. I'm draw it forth. Amen. I don't know if it's a courage thing or a wisdom thing, but we'll see. <laughs> Thanks, Lauren. I'm going to do it, man. I'm going to do it. All right. This morning, <laughs> this morning, David woke up and, and he went to the bathroom. And, and the bathroom light was off, and I, I went over there to greet him, and it's like, David, don't you think, should I maybe turn the light on for you? And he said, no. Uh, he said, I, I, can, I can actually see in the dark. <laughs> I said, oh, it's because you're a ninja, right? And he said, yep. <laughs> and so then he did his business, and then he had to clean up a whole mess all over the floor. David, if you're listening to this, it's happened to the best of us, buddy. 
But, uh, but it's so funny, though. But, but guess what? I don't know if David will ever become a ninja. If he does, like literally, it's going to be like a Holy Ghost ninja, not the other kind. But, uh, but, but he is a warrior. He truly is a warrior. It's in him. And it comes out, but, but we, get to, we get to call out courage in him, and we get to call out strength in him. And, and, and every time we do, you see more confidence coming forth in him. And I don't know if any of you have ever seen an, an old awesome show called Man vs. Wild with Bear Grylls. Anybody ever heard, heard of Bear Grylls or Man vs. Wild? Come on, I, I had a feeling you, you probably have seen that. <laughs> You probably have been on his show with him, haven't you? No. It's, a, it's an awesome show. It's a documentary, like a real-life thing. And, and he, he was a special forces from the British Army. And so it's on Discovery Channel. And, and he goes out and he does all these crazy things in the most dangerous places in the world and teaches you how to survive on your own. It's awesome. And so David loves it. And, uh, and so Bear Grylls, like he's teaching you how to survive without food. You have to find your food and live. So he'll, he'll show you like the best places to roll a log over and find a grub worm that's about two inches long and eat it. And he'll explain it while he's eating it like, like it's soft until it crunches. And they'll be like, it tastes like cheese. That's pussy. <laughs> and it's been sitting out for two years. And he's just sitting there like this. And it, it looks like it doesn't even phase him. But there's moments when it does, and, and it's, you just don't, ladies, you need to watch this. Overcome your, whatever's holding you back. So, you know, he eats insects, he, he shows you how to eat meat and which ones you can eat without cooking it on a fire and all that kind of stuff. But, but it's awesome, like, watching these things with David, and you just see the adventure in him. And uh, I remember after one time we watched it, um, Jessica served him up some Brussels sprouts on his plate, and he did not want anything to do with that. And I was like, David, you're Bear grills, buddy. You're Bear grills. Those, those aren't Brussels sprouts. They're grub worms. <laughs> He's like, yeah. <laughs> and he starts eating them, and you can see like that first look like that, but then he's, he thinks, I'm Bear grills. I can do this. And then he did it. He plowed through the whole thing. It was amazing. Because we drew, we called out of him, right? What's in him? The, the adventure. Well, that trick only worked one time. <laughs> one time recently, I told David about several prophetic words that have been spoken over his life. That, that, he, that God's raising him up to become a prophet. He's like, he said, I'm a, I'm a prophet? David, yes. Yeah, you're, you're, and God's going to grow you in this. And, and it was like this light came on. He's like, wow. Do you want me to tell you something? I told him that, and he got a prophetic word later that night. Because he believed it. Come on. That's awesome. And, you know, and, and even in the prophetic, like, the whole point of the prophetic is not, it's not so that I can be a great prophet person that other people recognize me as the holy man. 
the anointed man. The prophetic really is actually to be able to see by the Spirit of God inside other people what God sees in them and to call it out so that it ignites in them who they are. And I don't mean the trash that they already know who they are, but the gold that God sees who they are and declaring that into them. And it it does something when you hear who God believes that you are, that you're not functioning from, it actually causes that thing to rise up in you and, and it gives you the confidence to live from that place. Oh gosh, that is who I am. I've been living subpar self-belief from that place. But it calls us higher. Amen? How many of you know that God's calling us higher? He is. He's calling us higher. Uh, one, one more story. There was a, I, I used to be a pastor at Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. I had a, had a revival group, had about 65 students in that group. Um, Seth, who he's doing offering right now, but he'll be back in. He was, he was on my leadership team. And Josh and Lisa Starbuck were in my revival group as well. But there was this one year, I think it was the same year that they were in it. Um, there was this little guy who... His body was kind of deformed, and, and he, was, he was smaller than he probably would have been if he didn't have the whatever. I don't know what the physical um, disability was on him, but um, and, and he just wasn't, where he came from, he wasn't like the, the most popular guy, right? Um, he came into our revival group pretty shy, pretty, uh, pretty low self-esteem. Um, but, but he got loved so well. Our revival group, um, really became a a family that year. It was awesome. People celebrating each other, people loving each other, people seeing the best in one another and not focusing on the flaws in each other's life, but seeing God's identity as a royal child of the Most High God in each other, knowing that each other's got giftings and anointings and we call them out of each other and we declare them and it just strengthens and edifies each other until people start believing it and when when they start believing it, they start acting like it. And so this one, this one revival group meeting we had, I, I had my leaders, my interns, um, come up with these different games where they, they were doing different prophetic exercise, exercises. And so, and then they put everybody's name on a paper in a hat. I might do this to you guys sometime. I don't know if it'll be a Sunday morning, but maybe, maybe one of these days we might do this. And uh, yeah, it might be. We'll see. We'll cultivate that more. But um, we put everybody's name in a hat, and then in another hat, they, they put a few different types of activations that, that are pretty awkward when some of them, right? And, and so they're going to they're gonna draw a name. They're going to have a student draw a name, and then they were going to draw an activation, and then they had to go do the activation for the person that they drew the name of. So the first ones got kind of lucky. Because they drew an activation, all they had to do is like get, ask God to show you a fruit and then think about an attribute of the fruit and declare it over that person. And so, you know, it was a pretty cool one, but, and, but it was kind of an easy exercise. Did a couple of those kind. And then Justin's turn, right? Justin came up. Shy dude. 
not a lot of self-confidence. Little guy, he's about this tall. And, um, and, and, what, and I don't remember who he drew, but I do remember the activation he did because it freaked him out. It said, do a prophetic dance over the person that, 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 you, that you draw. A prophetic dance. How the heck do you do a prophetic dance? <laughs> this is somebody who, who would never have danced in front of people, ever. He was afraid to. But, but everybody starts shouting, Justin, Justin, you got it, Justin, you got it. You can do it. And it took him about five minutes before he whipped up the courage. And the, and the girl that's name was called was sitting in a seat. And I don't remember if we had music or not, but he started, he, he, he shifted. He, he said, I, in, his, in himself, he said, I don't, I don't care. I'm going to do this even though I'm scared to death. I'm going to do it. And so he started doing this dance around the person. And I want to tell you that when he did that, the Holy Spirit showed up and the anointing broke chains in the room. He busted out of his fear. And, he, and the more he did it, the more free he started getting. And you could start actually seeing movement that, that started looking like actual dance. Were you in there, Seth? When Justin, I just I interrupted your count. Justin was dancing in the revival group. Were you in there? You remember that, how the more he did it, the more free he got with it? Yep. And so um, it was just amazing to watch that. But you could watch him and see the chains were broken off of him. And it was crazy. I never would have anticipated that by doing that, it actually drew something out of him, this hidden, secret, old desire to, to dance. That he, was a, that he, he never entertained it because he was afraid. He, would, he just never even went there. What are people going to think about me? I'm, uh, nobody, nobody will think great about me. I can't dance. But that, that drew something in him out and it broke the chain, and, and he started, I found this out months later, that he started actually meeting with people on the, on the Bethel worship dance team, and he became an actual dancer on the Bethel worship dance team, and danced on the stage in front of a thousand people during worship. That was crazy, and he actually was good. <laughs> But, but even better than how good he was, he was free and he was anointed. Amen? And I, I just, I just want to say that God sees in you something way greater than what you see in yourself. He's put something in you from before you were ever born that's magnificent, powerful, that when you can tap into that, you're going to find yourself spreading your wings like an eagle. Come on. There's more in you than you know. There's greatness in you. You're a partaker of the divine nature. I want to read that passage. This is what I've been um, speaking on lately. I just want to say this again, that we need, to, we need to discover who we are 
and the nature, the true nature that's within us. Because who you believe you are will determine how you behave. Amen? Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 4. As his divine power has given to us all things. You almost have to stop at each power word here. Each, each big word. His, his, his divine power. God, the power, the divine dunamis power that he created this earth out of nothing with. His divine power has given to us. He's given it to you. All things. Say all things. That means lacking nothing. That pertain to life. And when it says life, it's talking about the abundant, the the complete, the full. I'm full of God and every part of Him is, is busting forth and bearing fruit in my life. That kind of life. It's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Last week I said you can think of the word godliness not just like, not just like I'm a good Christian, I do it good. No, godlikeness. Godlikeness. Through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us. doesn't say that we will be given. We have been given exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers. Everybody say, I'm a partaker. Of the divine nature. I'm a partaker of the divine nature. Whoa. God didn't just trip over that. That wasn't partaking of the divine nature. I'm a partaker of the divine nature. There's a nature in me that's superior and much greater than the one I tend to default back to when I forget who I am. And check this out. Because I'm a divine nature, I have escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The divine nature has actually released a power within us to live the abundant life and a God-like life. That I I can live a supernatural, divine quality life in Him. That has no limitations, no corruption, no bondage anymore. I'm free from that. I've been launched into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Guess what? Whether you feel like that's true or not, if you're born again, this is truly your default reality. We miss this life not because it hasn't been fully given to us, but because we're believing ourselves into another life. All right? Our old belief systems still have uh, habitual thoughts that make us think, I still live from the nature that's not free. But that's why we have to be renewed in our mind. Got to be renewed in our mind to be transformed into the image that God's already created in us, in the Spirit. Come on. Powerful stuff. 
<clears throat> I want to I want to take a minute real quick and and offer a a, a clarification of of something that um, someone asked me about this past week based on something I mentioned last week. Um, had a had a genuine concern and just. Um, I just want to make sure that, that people aren't getting wrong ideas about things because last week I mentioned something about how Jesus has set us free from corruption and from sin and all these things and, and he's, set, he's broken these things in our life and we get to live in the abundant life, the free life, the resurrected life. And I was talking about how, uh, how we no longer have to have, um, we, never, we no longer need to be bound to sin, depression, um, different things, but and I, I listed a few things that were not sin, like the first one I said. And the concern was that that maybe I'm I'm lumping um, like depression in the same place as as pornography and lust addictions, because that's what I was talking about. That that's what the connection was. Actually, now that I say it, the the I was saying God can set us free from from lust addictions, set us free from. Um, eating disorders, set us free from depression. I was saying things like that. And, and the concern was um, that it could sound like I'm, I'm saying that, that depression and, and like pornography could be this, like the same category, like a sin bondage. And I, was, I realized, man, yeah, I, I need to make sure that I, get, I distinguish these things. And I hope you guys will hear this. So in the future, if you hear me doing that, you'll know where I'm coming from. I, first of all, I would never say that depression is a sin like pornography is. Um, I, it can actually happen because of sin, so I'm not going to say it's, it's not either, but not necessarily, right? But, but here's the deal. Like, um, the thing that makes them common, all those things I was saying, it's not that they're, that they're sin in and of themselves as much as it is that they're things that bind a person up and cause us to not, it, it's like it suppresses a life from being able to enter into the fullness of God. So, so anything that, that prohibits walking in freedom is something that Jesus wants to set us free from. Okay? And, and here's the deal, that anything that does suppress our, our, our absolute freedom in Christ, it, whether it's a sin or not, that's kind of really a secondary issue. It doesn't matter. Because whatever it is, it's something that Jesus has not given to you. And that Jesus died on the cross to bring restoration and wholeness to every level of who we are. Because when... Mankind sinned, it, it actually, the, 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 the causes or the effects of sinfulness brings brokenness. And so when Jesus crushed sin on the cross, it wasn't just about, oh, well, I've sinned or, or I, should, I should feel guilty because I deal with depression just like the person who deals with pornography. No, that's not the point. As a matter of fact, Nobody should be feeling shame about any of these things if you're looking to Jesus and finding freedom in Him. All right? The point is not that we're ranking things as sin or like it's all that. No. What the point is, is that that is not part of the life that Jesus died and paid a high price to set you free from. Because He's crushed sin and He's crushed bondage. And He's a healer of broken hearts. 
And it's all the same holistic package that he's given to us. Amen? So what, what, does, what does God say about us? What does he say about us? I, I, would, I would like for you to hear your father looking into your eyes right now and hear him saying to you, you're a partaker of my nature. You share in my nature. You're not doing this on your own. As a matter of fact, I put my spirit in you. I put my nature in you. You're my beloved child. I love you. I'm pleased with you. You've got this. You got, you got all that it takes for what you face to overcome it. It's in you. You're a good swimmer, Livy. You're a champion, David. Listen, my friends. You are free and victorious. If, if there were a, a, anybody in my hearing, for example, the struggle of porn, but you're a son of, or a daughter of God, I'm going to say this. You are not a porn addict in Jesus Christ. You're free in Him. If anybody struggles with depression, that's not who you are. You may have had it your entire life, but, that, but God doesn't look at you and think, that's my depressed child. He looks at you and he thinks, man, that is my child who lives in the bounty of love and peace and joy and wholeness. Come on. If you're not experiencing it yet, it's because you need to hear him saying it and then you need to believe what he's saying and agree with it. I want to I read a, a passage out of Ephesians 1 to you. And I'm going to make some declarations over you guys. This is so powerful. If you want to know who you are, read some of Paul's writings. And then take what he's saying and, and, and read it in first person. This is mine. Declare it over yourself. This is me. This is who God thinks I am. All right? Ephesians chapter 1, I'm going to start with verse 3, and I'm going to read to verse 8. This is powerful. It is loaded, guys. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Everybody sees blessed me. With every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as He chose us in Him. Everybody say, He chose me in Him. Before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Everybody say, I am holy and blameless in His sight. Wow. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Everybody say, God made me his son, or you say daughter, women. 
<laughs> According to his good pleasure. That's awesome. To the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Everybody say, I'm accepted. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Everybody say, I've got the forgiveness of sins. According to the riches of his grace. <laughs> Which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. His, the riches of his grace. Wow, that's a lot of richness. It's a lot of grace. And it, it's not just given to us, it abounds. It abounds. Abundance. Hallelujah. I'm going to just, I'm, I, I broke apart a lot of those key words in there. I want to just declare these over us right now. For you, listen, this is not, you're not going to experience this by, by living like a Christian on your own strength. You won't. That's, that's what our struggle is. That's, that's, why, that's, that's why we keep on those cycles all the time. All right? It won't happen. That's, that's why so many people are having the unfulfilled Christian experience. Because they're trying to do it on their own strength. But, but God is, is actually, He's like, why are, you, why are you out there trying to do that? Why are you doing that on your own? You're just, you're just like, you're like a rat in a treadmill. Like you just keep spinning, 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 exhausting yourself. And, you're, and like, that's not even what life is. I am the life. It's not about what you're doing. It's not about you exhausting yourself, trying to do the right thing. It's coming to me, and this is where it's at. Like, like the invitation is the now invitation. It's, it's the you're already qualified, not because you qualified yourself, but Jesus qualified you by dying on the cross and paying the high price to give you the qualification that you never deserved and never will. Come into me right now. Right now. I'm, a, I'm your daddy. Come on. Get up here in my lap. Come into me. I, I, I want you to get your life from me, not from you trying to work it. Stop trying to work it. Come in and enjoy. Receive. Let me love on you right now as you are, as you are, as you are. How you are, how you think as you are, that's not how I see you as you are. Come into me so that I can bring forth from you who I know you are. When you live from that place, then Ephesians 1 is going to start having manifest realities in your life. All these things that we read in the Bible, if you're not living from that place, you won't see these promises come forth. Because <laughs> the, the promises the, the, of the Christian life, the, the new nature living that God's given us comes not by you, but by in Christ. And Christ in you, the union and the blessed oneness with Him, that, that you receive what He's done, and from that, you bear fruit to release it back to Him. We're, we're trying really hard to, to give something to God, hoping that we might, we might turn His attention to us, and the Lord's like, hey, I, I never took my eye off of you, and I, I don't like it when you're over there. Come. Let's do it right here. Right here. You live from this place, you're going to experience the bounty of your divine nature. 
Hallelujah. So I'm breaking these words apart and I'm speaking to you. If you're not living from that place, I'm speaking right now into your spirit and I'm saying this is who you are. Come back home into this place. This is supposed to be your default headwaters of your life in him. Hallelujah. All right, it says he, he blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. I just declare over you right now that in Christ, you are blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed in him. If you don't feel blessed, all right, we're not, we're not talking about what you're feeling. I'm, ta- I'm speaking to the nature of who you are. If you align your belief with it, you can enter into the the reality of being a blessed one. Often, we determine if we feel blessed or not by our self-belief, our self-declarations. Start, we complaining all the time. Oh, such and such didn't happen for me. Oh, I wanted this and it didn't work. Oh, that happened for them. What? No, it doesn't happen for me. Oh, well, that's the, that's the old nature talking. The old nature. You need to know who you are. Because God looks at you and he says, you're blessed. You're blessed. You can enter into that and you start receiving blessings. I've, I've noticed that the people who, who, who believe they're blessed are the ones who get blessed in real, like in tangible ways. The blessings start happening and, and people, the more people know who they are in Christ, the more they become blessing magnets. And I'm not lying. I've seen that. I've seen it in my life too. And I've also seen the more I believe that, the more I start feeling blessings being attracted to me. And I've also seen seasons when I start getting in my little petty, pitiful modes. And I don't, start, I don't feel like blessings are being attracted to me. It's like, oh, I need to wake up. I need to remember. And you remember who I am. But let me declare this over. You're blessed, and that also means in the, on the opposite side, you're not cursed. You're not cursed. If you believe you're cursed, it's not, it's not something that's, that God's allowing to happen to you. You're, you're, you're being a magnet by your beliefs. Our beliefs magnetize it. It draws in the thing that we're believing for. If I believe I'm blessed, I'm going to be blessed. Whether it happens this minute, I don't know. I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe when I don't see it until I see it. And I'm going to keep believing for more. All right? I live by faith, not by sight. But I, I'm, I'm not going to believe I'm cursed. I don't care if, if my grandpa was sacrificing weird things to weird spirits. Like, we, we all know there's generational curses, but guess what? There are generational curses for, that go down the generations, and that's for people who do not know that they're under the blood of Jesus Christ who set them free from all things. There's no generational curses in the kingdom of God. And if you're experiencing curses that got passed down to you, it's because you're not living from the right kingdom. You'll stay cursed. You'll stay cursed. 
If you keep functioning from the other place, if you keep functioning from that, that hamster wheel that you think is God, that's the Christianity. No, in Christ. <laughs> There's no curses. There's only blessing. Come on. He, he's, he doesn't just bless us. He blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. That means it's lacking none of the spiritual blessings. Every spiritual blessing can come to me in Him. Hallelujah. <laughs> but, but we can have a tendency to have a lack mentality. Oh, well, why, why am I not experiencing this yet? It must not be. Oh, okay, you can keep believing that way and you can keep attracting that kind of stuff to you. But if you shift into that place, you start seeing that the more starts coming. Amen? <laughs> Man, there's so much I want to say that I feel like I need to save for another sermon. Wow. I'm gonna, I am going to stop there and I'm just going gonna, gonna, to, I, I may speak on this, finish it out next week. But because I, I want to, I want to give it the time it needs. I, I don't think I can give you what God wants to get to you right now because I'm running out of time. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hone in on the things I'm saying, and I'm just gonna say, like uh, some, some of you, let's say all of us are in varying degrees of places of this reality. All right, some, some of us are are walking in it really well. And that's awesome. And you're, you're, you know what I'm saying. It's resonating with you. Some of us have never ever experienced that. And we've only known this Christianity that, I, that I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get somewhere. And it feels disconnected. But the Father is saying, hey, get off the hamster wheel. This is not your work. It's mine. Why don't you let it go? Why don't you just, just get out of that hamster wheel? Let it go and come and sit in my lap and just take a season of let me love on you. Sometimes we're trying to be the best doers and givers to the Lord, and the Lord's actually waiting for us to become the best receivers. The best receivers. The most anointed, powerful people that I've ever met who, who are seeing crazy breakthroughs and they're doing amazing things for the kingdom they're doing it not because they are working hard although i'm not saying they don't work hard but but it's not coming from that place it's coming from the place of being a really good receiver a really good receiver of letting letting the father papa you love me you love me let me let me Put down all the busy, the busy work and let you love on me. Pour into me. Tell me who I am. It can sound selfish. I want to tell you that any, any thought that would ever come to our mind that would make that feel selfish is a thought that comes from the hamster wheel. We, we don't, we don't, earn our salvation, we receive it. Amen? We don't earn the Holy Spirit, we receive Him. 
We don't earn love. We receive love. We don't earn fruit in our lives. We abide and draw. We receive from the life source. God never intended it for it to be any different than that. If you want to be the best giver, be the best receiver first from Him. I'm not saying going around trying to collect from everybody else. I'm talking about from the vine. From the vine. Okay? God's calling us to Him. He's calling us into union. He's calling us to know who we are. And God looks in you and He sees greatness in you. When He looks in you, He doesn't... He's, he's the ultimate scientist, all right? He does not need all that lab, that lab uh, machines to, to read DNA. Because he looks in you and he sees DNA. And it's his DNA. It's his. He's your father. You are created in his image. Everything that you ever dreamed of what a Christian life should look like or what your, your most glorified version of your calling would look like, guess what? That's not going to happen from the hamster wheel. It's going to happen through you coming into the knowledge of who He is and how He feels about you, what He believes about you, and, and that He believes in you, who you are, and that you come into the understanding of who you are, and you come into agreement with that. Your agreement with who He believes you are ignites the virtues, that divine power that gives you all things for life and godliness. To engage with the divine nature, that's crazy. That's crazy, guys, that God sees you as, as a bunch of, of, how do I want to say this, glorified, superhuman, but, but you're his children. Like it's way, you, you, you got way more in you than a, than a worldly person trying to do things right. Not because you've done something great. He's put greatness in you. And you can live from that greatness and enter into it, engage in it, and it becomes the, the fruit that bountifully flows out of your life. Come on. When we know that, we're going to live a superior life, a freer life, a more powerful life, an anointed life, a royal life. A life that feels overflowing with love and acceptance. Come on. Come on. I want more of that. Why don't you stand? I'm going to pray over you right now. <clears throat> I am excited to, to preach this to you next week. If God doesn't change that plan. He might. Yeah. Yeah, Lord, I, I pray for all of us in Jesus' name. Just like Steve prayed over us earlier, Lord, that you give us ears to hear. <clears throat> give us ears to hear, Lord.
It's not passive hearing. It's intentional hearing. It's a, it's a hearing that leans in instead of just sits there and hopes that something comes at you. It leans in. It, it looks for the voice. It looks for the, the, the virtue that's being spoken. God, I, I pray that you, will, that you will let the Word of God be seeds that go deep in hearts that are fertile soil, Lord. That it'll bear fruit. I pray the Word, Lord God, will be a, a sword two-edged sword that pierces us, Lord, and separates soul from spirit, Lord, so we can capture the fullness of what you're saying. That our soul will not uh, interfere and in, in water this down, Lord. Help us, God, to, to hear what you're saying and that we will respond, Lord, with courage and with self-belief. Not because not we're not in our own self, but believe in who you say we are. And we know it's in you. <laughs> Repeat after me if you would. I'm a child of the Most High God. I'm His beloved. He's pleased with me. He's proud of me. He doesn't look at my flaws. He sees, Jesus. he sees Jesus, and he sees me and Jesus as one. I'm a partaker of the divine nature. Help me to live from that life source, and not the hamster wheel. <laughs> Let me receive your divine power that gives me all things, me all things. For, the for the abundant life and God-likeness. God -likeness. In Jesus' name, In Jesus name. Amen. amen. Can you guys give God a shout of praise? Come on. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you guys. I hope that you'll be here on Wednesday night. We're going to have fun, um, and we're going to keep just getting in God's presence together and, and all that. Um, we're going to have a ministry team up here if anybody wants to receive prayer for anything. These are really good times to respond if the Lord is stirring your heart with things that's being preached, to come up and ask for prayer just for that to take more effect. But they can pray for you for any need you've got, and, and God does miracles up here, guys. I can just tell you that. All right? I think somebody was getting some healing recently up here. I, I remember hearing that. So that's pretty cool. God's moving. Amen. Yeah. All right. Love you guys. Have a great day.